Yeah, 2-1 on his jersey, playing like he's number one. Best big in the league, and it's no debate. Booze from the haters, point him to the exit. I guess every franchise needs his process. Every franchise needs its own process. Coming down the lane, yeah, watch your head, yeah. We post a every game, yeah, get your Kodak. Once he gets you under the basket, you better just pray. Hit you with the jab, step, knock down, lock from Ben. Get out the way, and one, let the fans know it. Yeah, homie, let the fans know it. Watch the trailer, the three is going in your eye. If you mess, you better get back. Cause if them bees, there won't be a putback. Keep all that trash out of the paint. Cause them bees will put it back in your face. He's a cold blooded killer, and he take no prisoners. Yeah, dump off from TJ. Call it the feed to him, Good evening, everybody. This is the feed to Embiid. I am your host, Austin Krell. Special guest tonight, uh, 97.5 The Fanatic's very own Rob Motti. Rob, introduce yourself to the to the audience. Hey, man. What's up, Austin? It's good to be uh, on with you, and uh, I appreciate what you're doing over there. Keep, keep working hard, man, and uh, you do a great job. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, my first question for you is sort of not necessarily a personal question, but it's not exactly basketball related. Seeing as you're it, you, I call what you do as a, as, a, as a talk show host is living the dream because I think it's the coolest thing in the world to be a, a sports radio host, um, and that, you know that's just that's that's the coolest thing in my in my mind. <laughs> How did you get into that industry in ninety seven five? Well, uh, my full time job is an AP sports writer, and I've been uh, covering the Phillies and Eagles primarily for the past nineteen years. Sixers and, and Flyers secondarily. Although I did cover the the Sixers beat when they were going to uh, when they went to the finals during the Allen Iverson era, so I had a lot of fun doing that. So I've been with AP now for nineteen years, and and that's my that's my main gig. And uh, I, I also host a radio show called Faith on the Field, which is on six ten ESPN, and it's syndicated on a couple other stations. And uh, I've always enjoyed doing radio. I, I was at WIP back in twenty fifteen for a time period there. Uh, it's a volatile market radio, so I've always enjoyed doing it as a secondary job. And uh, last year, I yeah. had an opportunity to uh, join 97.5 The Fanatic, and it's been fun. It's been uh, very enjoyable. Uh, I, I usually can do about two days a week. Sometimes uh, I, I, I can I can give them more, but uh, it's 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 really fun. Uh, I enjoy interacting with the fans, and I grew up in the city, so I grew up in South Philly. Yeah. I live in uh, South Jersey now. I've probably spent more than half my life in in New Jersey than I did Philly, but uh, I grew up like going going to the games and all that stuff. So uh, it's it's really cool to just like talk to people. Sometimes I'm talking to like former classmates and stuff like that. So it's really yeah, it's yeah. it's really awesome, and and uh, I have a lot of fun doing it. It's a uh, it's a tough gig to break into. There's a lot of people, like you said, living the dream. There's a lot of people out there who want to get into it. I, I and I I would suggest to them uh, do everything you can, like do podcasts, uh, volunteer, uh, intern, do whatever you can, get as much experience as you can. Don't burn bridges and and really, you know what? I think the number one thing is be you, be genuine, and be a good person, man. If if you're a good dude, people people will want to be around you and will want to give you opportunities. And uh, a lot of guys out there and, and women too, like a lot of people think like the path to success 
is to like hot take this and hot take that and and just be over the top one way or another. Um, that's not my style. My style is like I try and bring a more upbeat, positive attitude. That's kind of who I am. That's kind of what I like to represent. And uh, I, I I think that way, right. you know, for me, God opens doors, and, and and that's how how it's been, and it's been a blessing. No, absolutely. I I my senior year of high school for the, for our project at at the end of the uh, at the end of the springtime, I was an intern WIP. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I was actually a daily listener to the fanatics. That was quite, that, that was sort of a, like a weird kind of, you know, don't tell anybody kind of thing <laughs> in WIP. And then, um, I find myself now, now that I know all the, all the, all the personalities well, and all, I know the shows pretty well, it's WIP in the morning, WIP for the midday show, Miss Sinelli in the afternoons, a little bit of DNG at night, and then back to WIP. So it's sort of like, I'm like mixing and matching a little bit. I feel like I'm not, I feel like I'm disloyal. I feel bad about it, but it's like the shows are so the shows are so good. Um, but you know, you said you're a positive guy, um, and I love to hear that. I love to hear your positive spin on on what happened last night in that game against the Celtics because I I I, I was thinking the entire afternoon. I was getting all excited, all hyped up because I felt like this is a game that not only they're they're going to win, but there's no Kyrie play, and they're going to win on their home court by thirty. And I, I came out of that last night with more questions than answers to, to what happened. What did you make of that last night? It was disappointing for sure. And uh, I, I will say this. So I was on the air Saturday. Yes, Saturday I was on the air and I, I put out a poll that said, who do you think is going to be the next team in this city to bring a championship to Philadelphia? And it was like way over 2,000 votes in like an hour and a half or whatever. And 64, 65% of the people said Sixers. And I said, if I had to choose, I would go Phillies because I thought the Phillies had a better chance in 2019 than uh, than the 76ers because I, I just didn't think they would be able to get past Boston. Then they go and beat L.A., and I'm on Sunday, and the way they beat the Lakers and just dominated that, and I'm like, wow, two games in, haven't even practiced together, don't even know each other, no chemistry, no camaraderie, and they can do this. Imagine how good they're going to be when when they actually spend some time together over the next two, three weeks going into the postseason. So I flipped, by, and I usually don't do that, but by Sunday I was like, why not the Sixers? Why can't they win the NBA title this year? I don't want to hear about Golden State. They had trouble getting past Houston last year, and if, if it weren't for Chris Paul getting injured, they probably wouldn't have won that series. And and who, who knows what can happen. So And then last night happens, and they go out there against Boston. I'm like, wow, that's a major disappointment. Like, how do they lay, you know, like struggle again? And, and I, I try and, and go back to like, okay, well, they're still learning together. It's only their third game together. They still haven't had time to implement a lot of plays and all that stuff. So that's the bright side. That's the positive side going, hey, they're going to get better. They're going to work on this. But then you got to think about it from this point of view too. I think Al Horford is in Joel Embiid's head and he absolutely he struggles against him. And I was I was more disappointed. Like Joel Embiid for as dominant of a talent as he is He's got a mature he, – he is still immature, and he still has some growing and learning to do. And I'm, I covered the game last night, and I'm just watching him at times going, he looks lethargic. He looks like he's not into it. 
Uh, and I'm like, what is he tired? What's going on here? Why is he so slow to defend at some spots? And is Horford really that much into his head? And then after the game, and then he shoots two of eight from three. Like that's way too many, uh, too many three point attempts for Joe Allen. We all say that all the time, right? Austin, like it's like you don't want to see him be behind beyond the arc shooting that shot. He, I don't care if he's wide open. And then the, to me, the most disappointing aspect was. Afterwards, in the news conference, when they said to him, the question was, what what does Al Horford do against you? And he says, he's not doing anything. It's just on me. I was sleepwalking for three quarters, and that's on me. Like I said, that's on me. It has nothing to do with anybody. Give the man his due, Joel. Like, he, he, Absolutely. It's immature to do right? it that way. He, give him his due. And, and I know a lot of people like enjoyed what he said as he got up and, and said – uh, the expletive about the referees and got fined for it. Right. That's immature, man. Like you, you can't be doing that kind of thing. And uh, I, I have an issue with that. And I have a concern about Embiid's maturity and how far he can, like he's still got some ways to go. And uh, I think this team's in their head. Kyrie wasn't there. And they still beat him. I, I, I'm always afraid of that four-five matchup. If they somehow end up yeah. matching up four-five without it, like I do think Indiana is going to drop the six eventually. But got well, if they have to play Boston, whether it's first round or second round, I can't see them winning that series right now. No, I'm, I mean I totally agree with you. Um, the thing that I noticed out of the gate last night was that you know this is a this is a team that's had your number, and you can and you can say you can say it however you want to say it, whether it be the last three years or the last two years. And the reality is that they weren't, the Sixers weren't competitive three years ago. So it really doesn't count. Um, now last year they had your number and they embarrassed you in the second round of that playoff series. This year you have more pieces. You've had more pieces every time you've matched up against them in the first three games and you still hadn't figured them out. So last night I was, I was hoping for this new lease on life, this new energy. And it felt like they came out of the gate with, it was the exact same kind of thing. Like, like the, the Horford ha- ha- was having his way on the block. It was a, it was the same old get Joel outside of the paint and let the other guys just cut through and get and get whatever they want at the rim. And you kind of felt this vibe from the very get go that it was going to be one of those nights where you realize oh, they're just not there yet. And it's really it's 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 disappointing because a I I love Brett Brown to death. I, you know, I want I want him to be able to see this thing through. But if this continues on. It's going to be hard to, to to vouch for him as a, as a coach of this team moving forward, and then to see Tobias Harris come out and shoot four of fourteen, I needed a big game out of him. I needed a big game out of him to prove that okay, this is a guy who you, who can make a difference. And he has never been on a team where this was going to be you know a big game. He's never had a big game this late in the season because he's been on Detroit, Orlando, um, you know, other non competitive teams, and so I just felt like. I left that game last night with more questions than answers. Now, is, does anybody have a point about the referee? Yes, it was a bad, it was a bad miscall. However, you shouldn't have been playing to get the foul there. You should have been playing to get the basket, and if the foul comes, so be it. Right. And and I, what I'm most disappointed in with that is there's no accountability in the NBA. Instead of instead of punishing the refs for being incorrect about that call and being badly incorrect. You go and punish the player, which you, I get you have to do, but there should be some accountability for that kind of a miscall. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's a bad call, but there's so many of them like that happen. They they miss a lot. It's a bang bang call. Like I I, I don't know that you can 
fine referees for missed calls because now now they're going to be hesitant at times and it just it it becomes it becomes you can't even review those things so uh you know it's it's so tough it's so tough in that scenario i want i want my superstar player to be a a stand-up guy and not blame things on the referee it seems like every time things don't go joel Embiid's way he complains about something and, yeah. and that's not a good sign. Like, and I know he's still young. He's also new to basketball, but uh, that that can't continue to happen. Going back to your point about Tobias Harris, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's zero for six to four for fourteen, zero for six from three. He makes one of those threes different in game, a different, different game. game. Uh, so, and Jimmy Butler uncharacteristically misses shots at the uh, at the free throw line there late in the fourth quarter. So there's a lot of things happening there. Like I, I don't want to blow it out of proportion and, and say like, okay, they'll never beat Boston. Like even now they couldn't beat Boston. Who and, and I'll give the Celtics this. They were reeling from two straight losses at home in which they blew yep. leads. So they were kind of like backs against the wall, have to prove something. Marcus uh, Morris called them out and, and they really wanted to step up there. So uh, they, they do have the Sixers number. Brad Stevens always seems to be a step ahead of Brett Brown and out coach him. Um, it, that's the matchup that would scare me the most in in the playoffs. And I think anybody who who watches the Sixers would say that too. Is that the Celtics are just a tough matchup for them? But I would think that in another twenty four games together and more time to work, more time to practice, that this will be a better team. They'll be more cohesive. They'll have more chemistry. They'll they'll know where each other are going to be. There were times yesterday, like Harris, I think missed uh, JJ Redick on on uh, uh, when he was trying to get the ball in there towards the end of the game. Uh, in one of yeah, those absolutely right. So, absolutely right. They, There's st- there's still t- like it's it's not time to hit the panic button. Uh, I don't think yeah. not right now. No, absolutely. Uh, now, this is my last question about the Celtics, but have you ever seen a player where Embiid is seven foot two, two sixty, and Horford is six ten, eleven years older, and you know he, he's strong, but I don't know that he's that strong. I, I have zero idea how Embiid is how Horford's able to consistently play Embiid the exact right way, where Embiid every time they play is shooting inefficiently is turning the ball over. I mean, every I, I don't know if it's out muscling or if it's an IQ thing or if it's an experience thing, but it's it's so unbelievable that a guy who's not as big as Embiid is able to just torch him every time. Yeah, I think it's a com- it's a combination uh, of veteran experience, Joel's inexperience with basketball, uh Horford knows how to play him, how to guard him, how to defend him, and and Joel's got to make adjustments and he he's got to you know, I don't know how much time he spends breaking down film and, and trying to get better uh, in season and and day to day. Like I, I don't know how much he puts in there, but like you got you got to study that and and watch what Horford's tendencies are and how he's guarding you and how you could go and attack him and, and break him down. And uh, it, it's it's one it is it is unique that you see somebody like that who's got he's got a size advantage over him. Like Al Horford though is he is a big guy. He is a strong guy and uh, he he's really got his number and and hopefully Embiid learns from this and puts in the time and puts in the work and the effort to maybe not necessarily on the court, but in the film room, trying to figure out like, okay, this is what I got to do next time, and this is the best approach. Now, absolutely. 
Um, now, unfor- now, fortunately, there are other teams in the East that Sixers can match up with. Um, I, I personally, I don't buy the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I, I think that they're a lot like the Toronto Raptors last year or the last two years where they haven't proven anything. They're a very good regular season team. But I, I, I need to see them make some noise in, in, in the first round before I'm ready to, to, to be, a, be, be afraid of them. Toronto scares me, obviously, because of, of Kawhi and because of the athleticism and the ability to switch from all different positions on the court. Boston's obviously a problem. How do you see the other three teams in the, in the East that are in contention for, a, a, for the finals, how do you see them matching up, and how, where do you see the, where do you see them sitting in the standings? Yeah, I I, I think Milwaukee is probably going to end up being uh, in first with the one seed. Like right now, they're what is their lead? Their lead's a game over the Raptors, so that that could flip. But from from one and two to four and five, like I don't think the Pacers can keep this up and they're four and a half games out. Uh, Celtics though and Sixers, are that's a lot of ground that they would have to make up to catch either the Raptors or the Bucks. They're both five and a half behind Toronto and six and a half behind Milwaukee. So I think it'll be Milwaukee, Toronto, one, two in either order. Uh, I, I, I think it, Toronto to me is a, a deeper team. Milwaukee has like like you said, you want to see it out of them. You want to see them dominate a first round series before you go. Okay, this is going to be a team that we. No matter what they do in this regular season, whether they win fifty five games, fifty seven games, fifty eight games, you want to see more out of them. I think Toronto, although they didn't have much success in the in the postseason last year because of the Kawhi factor, they ha- they are scary uh, and and they are deep and and we know what we know how Boston gives the Sixers trouble. Uh, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it matches up for the Sixers if they can get the three again, end up in the three, match up with the Pacers uh, as a six or. But uh, Brooklyn could could Brooklyn catch them? You know, yeah. I'm I'm looking at and and let's let's not forget though Brooklyn has given the Sixers some trouble, but they can't possibly lose that. So they they end up as a three play Brooklyn as a six. They can win that one. Then then they'll face the two seven. Um, and so it's it's good. that could very well be Toronto or Milwaukee in the second round, and they have to get through that. If they could avoid Boston. They have a shot. They have a shot to get to the Eastern Conference Finals and then get to the finals. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out down the stretch. Milwaukee or Toronto, you know, I, I think Milwaukee can can maybe they, they have two games ahead in the in the loss column on Toronto, but that that can be made up in the second half here after the All Star break. So, well, it's not really second half; it's last third of the season. Um, yeah. It's. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun to see this down the stretch. Absolutely. I I tend to think that Toronto lost a little bit of depth in that Gasol trade. I didn't think they had to make that trade because Gasol's older and Adele and Wright's one of their best bench pieces. And Dallin Shunis, when he's healthy, is, is a very good contributor. I thought that they gave up a lot in that trade, actually. And I, I think it might make them worse off, but that obviously remains to be seen. Milwaukee got stronger with the addition of of um, Amiritich and I, the Sixers had the best trade deadline of anybody in the conference. But I, you know, I, I'm, I'm praying the guy that the, the, a, they can get that home court advantage. Cause that's going to make or break the entire thing um, in that first round series. And I mean, that could spell disaster for them if they're a five seed. And yeah, yeah and, for sure. No, nah, absolutely. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I need them, I need them to get down to the three seed 
And then you know, if it's the Bucks, if it's or not, not the Bucks, if it's the, the 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 Hornets, if it's the Nets, it's if it's whoever, you know, you can get rid of them quickly. But I I I, I, I gotta want Milwaukee in that second round series if if I uh, if if I'm them because I think that you they don't have you know, they've run into this fit into this machine where these guys a haven't been to a lot of playoffs. Bledsoe hasn't been to a lot of playoffs. Giannis hasn't been to a lot of playoff games. And so I want to test them. And I, I think that they can give them – I think the Sixers can give Milwaukee a really nice shot and a good run for their money. Um, but how do you think that, that things play out in this last third with these last 25-ish games to go? I, I, I think they got to go a 22 and, and four really the rest of the way to guarantee themselves a, a high play a, a high seed in this Eastern Conference to get to three. Uh, well, right now they're tied with Boston, so they're they're tied with Boston three at four five, and and the Pacers are they're two games behind the Pacers. If, if it's going to be tough to do to go twenty and uh, twenty two and, and and four. What, what do they have? They're they're at fifty seven games right now, twenty five games. Left playing the Knicks twenty, uh, that they'll win that one thirty seven and twenty one. Man, if they can if they can end up with uh, another fifty three fifty four wins, I think they'll get that three. Uh, I I like what you said. You know, if Toronto ends up if Toronto ends up there uh, as the one, you root it, you should you ought to root for Toronto to be the one, Milwaukee to be the two. Because if the Sixers get the three and they win the three six, then they'll play Toronto in the two set, play Milwaukee in the two seven. And I agree with you there that that's a better matchup for them. That's a better matchup of the three. If you got to play Milwaukee, Toronto, or Boston, you want to first face. Uh, I think you want to first face Milwaukee. Absolutely, I, I completely agree with that. Um, so let's say that they let's say that disaster happens and 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 they end up as a five seed. Or they end up as, or, or they get to the second round and they lose in six to, to, to the Celtics. Where do you think Brett Brown's future goes with this franchise from there? I, I'm not sure that he's going to be the head coach next year if they end up in the exact same position they ended up in last year. I don't. Th- I, I think he definitely gets, unless they get swept in the first round. I don't think that he will be gone. I I, I feel like they'll give him an opportunity to coach. Assuming they're going to bring back Butler and Harris and have the four guys, have the four stars and the core four for next year, I think they'll give him an opportunity to have an offseason, a training camp with those guys, and an entire year with them. Now, if they get swept in the first round as a 4-5 or even a 3-6 or whatever it is, that could change things. But unless something drastic like that happens – I kind of think uh, I'm pretty sure Brett Brown is going to be back. I think he's got a great working relationship with Elton Brand, and and th- this is uh they what he's done for this organization and and just enduring the the process and going through that and then turning things around. Like last year, they went for deeper and further than anybody thought at any point in the season, winning the last 16 games and then getting in and winning around and all that stuff. So I think he bought himself at least one more year after this, regardless of what happens, barring like a total disaster. It's interesting. You say that, that about the working relationship with Elton Brand. I, I, I always kind of suspected that it was uh, it was sort of, it would be a move by management or the ownership I should say more so than Elton Brand, but it, it is interesting that um, that 
you, you kind of remarked that about their relationship because I, I suspected it, but I wasn't exactly positive of it. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you about tonight was looking forward and not, not, not just this year, but into the next couple of years, you have Redick, who's a, who's a, who's a free agent, Marjanovic free agent, Mike Scott, Justin Patton, Amir Johnson, Korkmaz, and TJ. Do you, how many of those guys, or which of those guys, if any, do you think is here in the future after this year? Well, Korkmaz is going to be tough to keep because of the whole contract situation and, and yeah. everything that came down. So that's going to be difficult to keep. Uh, I think TJ is one of those guys who probably has more value here and is valued more here than anywhere else. So uh, as long as they can fit that in uh, finance, salary cap-wise and all that stuff, I think he's a guy who loves being here, loves being around part of this team. I think he stays. The other guys, there's still a lot that there has to be. Like right now, Brett Brown's still trying to figure out uh, who from Ennis – um and and a couple of the other guys like who's going to be his reserve wing Corkmaz, Ennis, Scott. Yesterday he didn't Ennis didn't even get out there. Uh, I don't know if he got any minutes. Did he get any? No, he, he no, he didn't play at all. It was it was Corkmaz and uh, and Jonathan Simmons. And, and Jonathan Simmons is another one. Uh, so I, I, they're still trying to figure that out and. The, those things, I think, have a lot more time. Of all those guys, I, I do think they, they see a lot of value in TJ. Fans love him. He likes being here. Um, and I don't know that another team in the NBA is going to come after him and, and, and steal him away. So I think I, I would say he, he's one of the guys who I, I think it definitely uh, is in their future. How about Redick? You know, if they're paying – if they're bringing back Harris and Butler – how are they going to you know I don't know how they could do that financially how are they going to bring back JJ at what number but see with JJ too he wants to be here wants to be part of it like gave him that discount sort of last year uh got paid this year it's close to his home uh there's a chance but that's got to be some creative capology no nah, definitely you're absolutely right uh, Rob, tell everybody how they can how they can get in contact with you and and uh, and view your work and hear and listen to you. Uh, best way to uh, is just to follow me on Twitter at Rob Maddy M A A D D I, and I post uh, uh, everything. I actually don't do this well enough. I don't post the stories I write for AP often enough, <laughs> but sometimes I retweet them. But I do post like when I'm going to be on air, what I'm talking about, and and all that stuff. Awesome. Rob, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, and have a great night. You too, Austin. Take care. You too. Rob Motti, everyone. So this concludes my conversation with Rob Motti tonight. We are now headed into the All-Star break. Um, Ben Simmons will be in the Rising Stars Challenge. Both Embiid and Simmons will be in the All-Star game. But now that we have off for a week, the, the Sixers' next game is is a week from tonight that would be that would be uh the 21st of february thursday against miami it's now time to kick back and relax a little bit and enjoy the time off i'm gonna have i'm gonna try to have a couple of guests on to the pod in the next couple days maybe joe Gillia of wip maybe tom moore of the bucks county courier um and really I'm, i'm gonna i'm gonna Try to um, reach out to some people that that I know and sort of sort of uh, peek their 
their their feelings about the team headed into the All-Star break. Um, but in the meantime, it's time to relax, and there's no better way to relax than with a beer. And if you like beer, you, you might like shotgunning beer. And if you like shotgunning beer, you should check out my boys at the Ken Cobra. The Ken Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. It is also a tab puller, vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. For more information, check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. And Cobra is spelled with a K. For a 10% discount on all products, enter the code TRUSTTHECOBRA10, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. The feed to Embiid in its name is protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without my written permission is prohibited. Copyright the feed to Embiid 2019. And, uh, oh yeah, one last announcement. Uh, there's there is a, a good chance per some advice from uh, from a mentor and, uh, and and a boss of mine, um, there's a good chance that I'm going to ha- begin to have a co-host on the pod, uh, a, a regular co-host, to sort of make it more of a conversation instead of just listening to a speech. And so I hope you guys uh, enjoy that new dynamic and that new, that new uh, setup that I'm going to be working with. I don't know who it is yet, um, but I'm going to get after that while while there uh, there's a little bit of a break and uh, figure out who I'm gonna who I'm gonna invite onto the show. But anyway, thank you for tuning in. Thank you to, to Mr. Rob Motti of AP ninety seven or six ten ESPN and ninety seven five the Fanatic for for joining me tonight. Talk back with more Sixers basketball a week from tonight. That will be Thursday the twenty first of February against the Miami Heat. And we will hopefully be back with a couple more guests before then. As always, thank you for tuning in and have a good night.